Welcome. And thank you for joining the Father's Vineyard podcast. We are located at 724 Oakland Road in Spindale, North Carolina, and invite you to join us. We are a church that loves God, loves people, and makes a difference. And now, let's join today's service. Okay, while, while they're uh, uh, welcoming everybody, uh, is, uh, hey, you've been here 137 times. Who is that? Never, no, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. I really, I really am. Uh, I, I love the family. I really do because um, if we don't see ourselves as a family, then we're missing out because uh, we're also an army. We're, we're a lot of things for the Lord and in the Lord, and he'll use us in a lot of different ways. Um, I want to just go into this thing about uh, standing firm. This is third, probably the last part. I don't, I don't really know, but um, the power to stand firm. We live in a day that uh, God is counting on us. He really is. He's, he's strategically placed us here and in this place, as well as all over the world, uh, to be able to stand and oppose the very darkness that is getting darker. But you know, that's where we shine the brightest. It's when the dark gets the darkest. And we, we shine like new money. You know, somebody said one time, we said, shine like new money. I said, it's much, much brighter than that. But I want to go into something here this morning about, hopefully, I hope I can get through some of it, most of it, but... Um, You know, Jesus came on the scene in a world. We sing at Christmas time about a, a, a world that is longing for something different than it has. A weary world begins to rejoice when the hope of Christ comes. And I, I can understand some of that. I feel some of that sometimes. Do you feel the weariness of it sometimes? And and all, but you know, but you don't stay there long. You just it it comes and it goes because you have to understand when when we do feel weary, weary, we have Him, and He's always saying, "Come unto me." If you're heavy laden, if you feel down, come unto me. His invitation is always come, come on, come on. We always try to inspect ourselves to see if we're worthy to come. We always try to look inside and see, oh, man. And, you know, we're not perfect beings, but we have the perfect one in us. And we, and we are perfect in our spirit. Not maybe in our soul, but in our spirit, we're perfect. Matter of fact, we're already seated with him in the heavenly places. That's what he said. So uh, Jesus comes on the scene, and he gets baptized. And the voice comes out and says, this is my beloved son. Not just a son. He is my beloved, my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. So that was pronounced over him by the Father in heaven. And in Luke 4, it says, 
he, he went, he, he came out of the, he went into the wilderness being led by the Spirit of God. I, I war with that sometimes. Why, why would the Spirit of God lead me into a wilderness? Because he knows that's what you need. That's the place where you're tested. That's the place where you begin to prove who you are. When nobody's looking. When nobody's watching. That's where you're able to prove who you are. That's where you can hear the Lord a lot better. Sometimes when we're in a, a dry place or a wilderness. But he went in. And he was tested, he was led by the Spirit, and he was tested by the devil. Tested. And his, the first test that Jesus has, we often overlook. Now, you, you've heard this talk before, but, but it's nothing new to you guys, I know. But, but the first test that he had was his identity. Not his hunger, it was his identity. Because Satan heard the voice of God just like everybody else did when it was spoken. So Satan challenged the very thing that the father said over his son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So how many of you, <clears throat> how many of you today are born again? Stand to your feet. Say it back to God and say it out loud. I am your beloved son or daughter, whichever one, and in whom you are well pleased. Say it out loud. You may be seated. <clears throat> now, guess what? Just like his identity, that's the first thing that was tested. Is he going to be God's son? Is he going to follow God? Is he going to, is he going to follow, is he going to follow the, the Father? Is he going to do what the Father says? See, the enemy wanted him to uh, doubt his identity and also to use his identity for Satan's purposes. That's when he said, turn these stones to bread. What was he pulling on? He was pulling on Jesus being hungry. Satisfy yourself with who you are. Self-satisfaction. Uh, Be selfish with what God has given you. With who God has called you to be. Be selfish about it. No. That's the reason he was able to quote what his father's already said. Man shall not live by bread alone. Who's he quoting? He's quoting, that's the book of the father. You know, one, one thing that I want to let you know here is he says, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That word is rhema, not logos. That word is, is the breathing word. See, our logos is written, and see, this rhema is what's, what's coming from God at that moment. See, a lot of people believe that God, God wrote a book and he lost his voice. Y'all hear what I'm saying? A lot, a lot of people think 
This is all he has to say. It's not all he has to say because he's still speaking today. Now, what he speaks is not going to contradict what's already written. But a lot of people think he's, wrote, he's written the book, and now he doesn't speak anymore. He lost his voice. I'm here to tell you that it's not true. Jesus proclaimed it not to be true. He said, but he said man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every rhema, every breathing word that he's now speaking. That's a revelation. That's, that's a revealing of what he wants you to do in it and through it. So you don't ever do away with this. This, this is the anchor. But he's still speaking today. How many of you have ever heard, I'm not talking about an audible voice, I'm talking about how many of you have heard the Lord speak to you? He's spoken to you. Stand to your feet. I, I, I want everybody in here to know God still speaks today. God has, God has influenced you some way or another to go do something that's not written in the book, but it doesn't violate the book. Amen. Go ye here. You need to go see somebody. You need to, you need to turn this way for some reason. Huh? Are you hearing me? Why is that? Because he's wanting you to encounter him in a way that he still speaks to you. See, it is a relationship, not just with the book. It's a relationship with him, the truth. Well, God speaks, you, you, all of you are, test, are, are testimonies, you're witnesses that God is still speaking today and I'm still listening. Amen? Are you still listening for the Lord's voice? Because he's always speaking. We're just not in tune with him sometimes. You may be seated. Thank you for, for doing that for me this morning. So, so after, after he gets tested and tried for 40 days, he leaves that place. And the Bible said that he leaves in the power of the Spirit. He went in full of the Spirit, led by the Spirit, got tested during all that, being spoken to by the Spirit on what to do and what to say, and then he comes out of the he comes out of the wilderness, full, he's full, and now he's coming out with what? Power. Now he's coming out with power. See, that's what we go through. See, but a lot of times we lose our identity because we don't even really know who we are at times. We'll be talking more about identity in, in future in future messages. But our identity is, is very important that we keep, we know, and we understand. So he comes out, he comes out and he goes into the synagogue. But anyway, but it, let, 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 me, let me do it. The power of the Spirit means he has the ability to overtake the natural with the supernatural. He has the ability to overtake the natural with the supernatural, with that power, that word power, and the power of the Spirit means the ability to do miracles, to the ability to supersede over what is happening in the natural, and he can supersede over that with the supernatural. And we can do that. This is the whole point of this message. We've got to understand we can do that. Jesus said, the same way I was sent by the Father, I'm sending you. The same way I've been sent, I'm sending you. How many of you, how many of you know you're the you? Say, I'm the you, Pastor. Okay. I'm the you. So he sent all of us, he sent all of us to be able to do the things that he did and even greater things is what he said. 
But yet we have become, we have become as a whole, we sometimes we have become such a timid church, such a passive church in our walk. And the whole time, he is the creator of everything. One of the reasons why is because we haven't agreed with our identity. We haven't agreed. See, Jesus walks into the temple on, on the Sabbath, and he stood up and read. It's his turn to read, and he stood up and read from the book, uh, the, uh, the prophet Isaiah. <clears throat> was handed to him, and he opened the and he found the place. Now you need to understand that he was handed the book of Isaiah. And the Bible says, see, what, what normally tradition does, you just pick up where the last person stopped. So that's the lesson that's marked. And you come up. I don't know what's, what's going on. Is that me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't like handhelds. I talk with my hands. I'm not, you know, but... Anyway, so the next person that's supposed to read comes up and, and they get the marker and that's where they pick up where, where everything's being written. That tradition still goes on in a lot, of, a lot of denominations. Jesus came up, they gave him the book and he opened the book and the Bible says, and he found the place. He turned, say, already he's, already he's causing trouble. But it's because of the spirit of God in him leading him to what he's about to do next. And what he, he opened the book and he found the place where it was written. And here's what he reads. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim and release the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set free those who are downtrodden and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And, and you have to hear this. So. He walks in, he does that, he finds the place that he's supposed to read, led by the Spirit, and he does that, he, and he reads that, and, and then it said, and he closed the book, and he, he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down, and all the eyes of the synagogue were fixed upon him, and then he said this to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So what is he doing? You have to see this process. You have to see this process of what Jesus is doing. He's, re this is for, he's reading the word. What should we do? Read the word. Get in the word. Read the word. Ask him to illuminate the spirit of God to illuminate, to shine upon it so you can see deeper than the surface. He said, he, he read the word, he acknowledged that it was the word, and he made a declaration and agreed with what God said about him. He agreed with what the Father said about him. That's the reason that song that we sing, uh, Dan, you sing it, it said he is a... He, uh, about the reality thing, what was he? Um, I'm trying to think about what that verse is. You, he has, he has defined me. Who's defining you? 
Who's defining you about who you are? See, the, the enemy's got all kind of definitions about who you are. And he'll whisper them to you every now and then. He, want, he wants you to believe that you're downtrodden, you're depressed, and there's no way out for you. You're no good. You'll never make it. You hear what I'm saying? All of this stuff that the enemy wants to say, this is who you are, when the Father's already spoken. See, he says the same thing about Jesus. He says, what he said about Jesus, he says about you. Behold, this is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. Behold, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hasn't done the first, Jesus hadn't done the first miracle. Not one, he didn't say, behold, this is my beloved son in whom has done great things for me. No. It was in whom, not what. It was in whom, not what. The what comes as we follow him. The whom is just him creating a, new, a brand new creation inside us. See, we lose that a lot of times, and we lose the fact that we are his children. We are his son. We are his daughter in whom he is well pleased. There's not a time when he's not well pleased with who you are. Not one time. <laughs> That's who you are. No, you might not be acting like his son. You might not be acting like his daughter. But that's who you are. Don't let anybody else redefine who you already are. We'll lose that and we'll lose everything else that he said he's given us. So we cannot lose our identity in who we are in him. And he spoke out loud what the father said he was doing with him. He's anointed to do what? Preach the gospel. Share the gospel with people. Bring healing to those who are sick. Letting, letting freedom come to those that feel bondage. Do you know we walk, we walk around with people that are brokenhearted? We walk around people that are in bondage. They're not in a physical prison, but they're in, they're in a prison in their own life because they're not free. They may be going through some difficult, and they see no way out. And we have been sent as the light of Jesus Christ to a dark world to be able to set the captives free, bring healing to the sick, bring healing to those that are brokenhearted and that are depressed. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. So we, we have been anointed to, to do these things that Jesus read. As he was sent to do that, so are we sent to do that. But if we lose the fact of who we are in him, 
then we'll try to figure out how we can do it out of our own ability, our own power, our own unction without him. Amen? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so we, we, begin to see, we begin to see that he says, he, says he, he read the word. He acknowledged that it was the word of God, that it was, it was the word from Isaiah. And he acknowledged and made a declaration that who he is. And I just read, he just read, I just read, Jesus, I just read who I am. I am his beloved son, and this is what I've been sent to do. So we want to start doing things before we know who we are. That's the reason we slip and slide and stumble and fall and all this kind of stuff and try to figure it out. I, 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 I remember doing something in particular, one thing, and, 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 and I didn't see the results that I felt like was supposed to be there, and, and, and I went to God, and I said, God, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see the results of, of that. I didn't tell you to do it. Have you ever done anything that Jesus didn't tell you to do? Let me see a hand at least. Okay, I thought I was all by myself up here, but anyway. No. No, but see, see we, we, sometimes we get into a, a, a religious posture and get all this zeal without knowledge. And all of a sudden we want, we want to do this and don't want to do that, want to do that. And God, God no, 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 not what I want you to do. Bob Jones taught me, he's taught, he taught me so much as a spiritual father. And he, he told me one time, he said, he said, son, you need to understand something. And he was so kind to be able to call me. I mean, I just, I just relish the thing that he would call me a son. He said, son, you need, you need to understand something. And I needed to understand a lot, I really did. He said, raising the dead and taking a nap, either one of them pay the same amount when God told you to do it. Well, you know, my, part of my religious makeup said, I, you know, there ain't no way you can compare raising the dead and taking a nap. And he said, but you know, it, it was a, raising the dead or taking a nap pays the same when God tells you to do it. And it's true. When God says take a nap, what should you do? Take a nap. It all pays the same while you're obedient to what he said for you to go do, for us to go do. So we have this thing he acknowledges. So we, we need to read the word. We need to acknowledge that this is the word of God. We need to make the declaration as well and agree and agree. I found it. It's on my right side. I believe it's right here. Just needed tightening. (laughs) 
<laughs> but we too, we need to make that same declaration. We need to make that declaration in ourselves. We need, we need to grab hold of it and say, that's who we are. That's who we are. And we've been sent to do things that Jesus wants us to go do. But see, we get, we get intimidated a lot of times. And, and look at this. It says, 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not... <laughs> All right, I submit. I submit. Am I off? Am, is this off? Is this on? Okay. <laughs> Brenda said, why do you act like a little boy? <laughs> and in quick response, I said, because I are one. Because <laughs> I am one. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, The kingdom of God does not exist in words, but in power. We think it's just going to be words, but no, it'll be the power. It'll be words too, but it, the whole kingdom does not, do not consist just of words. It consists of power. Let me, ask, let me ask you this. Who benefits from a powerless church? The enemy. He benefits from a church that has no power, that does not walk in power. Powerless church is not who we're supposed to be. 2 Timothy 1.8 says the gospel, gospel is according to the power of God. So the very gospel that you are giving is according to the power of God when you share it. You're sharing the power of God when you share the gospel. Now, when we don't share the gospel, we're not sharing the power. That's the reason it behooves us to be able to share the gospel and share the power of God. Acts 10, uh, verse 38, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And with power. And how he went about doing good. See the power? He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Why are we so timid? We don't know who we are. 1 John 3, 8 says, the Son, the Son of God appeared for this purpose that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's a great verse. Then on down, 1 John 4, 17, he said, love is perfected, is perfected with us that we may have the confidence in the day of judgment. Listen to this, because as he is, say that. Say it again. So also are we in this world. As he is, so also are we in this world. As he is, so also are we in this world. And what did he come for? Destroy the works of the devil. 
So what are you, you, you see? But see, if we don't understand who we are, we won't destroy anything that the devil's doing. We can no longer be a people who avoid conflict. We can no longer be a people who avoid standing up. We are no longer a people who avoids speaking up. We can't be that church that's intimidated. We need to be the church that is filled and full of the Spirit of God, led by the Spirit of God, moving in power. I rem- listen, listen, I remember, I remember uh, Terry uh, Hageman, uh, you know, he'd been years ago, he was over there at this door and, and was all headed out, and he said, and I, I think it was on Wednesday, I don't know what, if it was a Wednesday or Sunday, and he says, he said, I need you to pray for me. And I said, what, what, what you need prayer for? And he said, I got kidney stones, and right now, he said, I can hardly stand it. And I said, well, we'll pray for you. So I laid, I laid, hand, I laid hands on his back, and, and I prayed for him, and instantly, he said, I don't, I don't feel any pain. Instantly. You remember that, Terry? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then he didn't suffer from kidney stones for how long? You, you remember? Four or five years, he never had another problem with kidney stones. That wasn't pastor. You hear what I'm saying? That was him. That was his power working through me, just willing to obey, just willing to lay hands on him, and willing to ask God to bring healing to him. And instantly it happened. Now, God needs praise over that. He he is the God who is able to do that. Anyway, 1 Corinthians 2 says that the message is preaching is not with persuasive words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and demonstration of power. That you should, that your faith should not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. That's who we are. That's who we are. And the world is waiting. We cannot be passive anymore. The world, the world is waiting for us to be able to grow up and manifest who Jesus is working through us. You, you know, you, you can't pray enough power. Lord, help me, you know, let, let me have the power to do this. Well, who are you? Who are we? Who we're representing? Who are we? It's our identity. It's who we are. It's who we are. Uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus is over, the Bible over in Ephesians 1 says this. He's far above all rule, all authority, all power, all dominion, every name that is named, 
in this age, not only in this age, but in the age to come. Now, that's who Jesus is. And he put all things in subjection under his feet. What, you know, he owns it all. What are, we so in, so what are we so intimidated about? He's over all rule, all authority, all power, all dominion, over every name in this age, not only this age, but the age to come, and he's put everything under the subjection of his feet. Is that your Jesus? Why are we so intimidated? Why why are we so passive sometimes? I'm going to have to close with this, um, but it won't be short. (laughs) Just get that out of your mind. No, it won't won't be long, I promise. Um, You remember in Numbers 13 about the spies... God has promised them a land that is flowing in milk and honey. And he tells them, this is your land. It's the promised land. And by the way, the promised land does not represent heaven. We think, well, that's the promise. That's not the promised land. The promised land is about the kingdom. He said, I'm going to send you to this place. It's flowing with milk and honey. Vineyards have already been built and houses... And this is where I'm putting you. But there's giants over there. But he said, I'm sending you. This is my promise to you. You shall dwell in that land. This is yours. You shall dwell in that land. And they send out 12 spies, and the 12 spies go out, and and they're gone for 40 days, and and they come back, and they brought back the word, and, and this is what they said. They said, we went to the land where you sent us, and it, was, it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. I mean, they brought back examples of the fruit, and the Bible says that their, their, their clusters of grapes took two men to totem. For you northerners, that means carry. <laughs> to carry, two men to carry just a cluster of grapes. That's how... Powerful, and that's how plentiful the kingdom is. And that's where he said, that's yours. Go get it. Go take it. And they said, Yo, yeah, it's strong, and here's the fruit. Nevertheless, people who live over there are strong, and the cities are fortified, and they're very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Achan. We saw the descendants of the giants. That's what we saw. Now, they wasn't all signing up and said, well, let's go get it. No, 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 no. no, it wasn't that. Matter of fact, they got bothered. And then Caleb stands up and he quieted the people down before Moses and he says this. We should by all means go up and take possession of it. For we shall surely overcome.
overcome it. But the men who went with them said, we are not able to go up against these people for they are too strong for us. So they gave the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out. And they kept saying, the land through which we have gone and spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. They devour people. And all the people whom we saw in there are great men of great or men of great size. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their, their sight. You have to understand something. That if you do not have hope in a situation, in any situation in your life, if you do not have the hope of God's promise in that situation, then you're living under the influence of a lie. And when, when, we, when we begin to consider how strong the enemy is, then what we do is we minimize the promise of God because we see the size of the opposition and we don't see the fulfillment and the power of God in fulfilling his promise. So we live in, we're living an inferior life by focusing on how big the enemy is versus seeing how big and how powerful that he is over all power, all authority, all rule, all, all dominion and above every name. That's who he is. So when he makes a promise, just obey and he'll fulfill it. So anyway, they go on and uh, the congregation, what they do is they cry all night long. They weep all night long. And the sons, then the, all the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. All the congregation did. Would that you have, would that we had died in the land of Egypt than to come out here in the wilderness and die. They begin to say this one to another. And then right after that, say, man, we should have never left. We should have never left Egypt. We should have never left. We should have died over there. At least would have been full. Yeah. Then they kept talking and says, let, I, let us appoint another leader, another leader. Ooh. I don't like the way he's going. Let's get us another leader. This is too hard for us. Let's get another leader and head back to Egypt. That's what they said. And Joshua and Caleb, they tore their clothes and they began to say, the land, <clears throat> the land which, which we passed to spy out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. Whew. A land which flows with milk and honey, not only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear, no, not fear the people of the land. And I love this part. For they shall be our prey. Another translation, which is a better translation, is this. It said, and, we, and they shall be bread for us. They shall be our bread. 
they shall be our bread. In other words, the very provision, the very provision that I need will be in the midst of the battle that I go into. We, we try to get everything ready, and there's nothing wrong with prepping. There's nothing wrong with all that. But he said the very provision that you need will be right in the middle of the, of the battle that you get into for him, just obeying him. For they will be our bread. Their protection has been removed from them. The enemy has been defeated. He's been stripped down in public. He's lost all of his power and he was displayed in public that he has lost all his power and it was taken from him by Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then after they said that, said, we should not fear them. Then they said, let's stone these two jokers. Let's stone these two. They ain't, we ain't listening to that. Let's just stone them. Listen, to, you're going to have opposition, and sometimes it'll be within your own camp that you get opposed from. But the best thing we can do is obey God, know who we are, proclaim who we are, know who he is, know who we are in him, and follow him and do what he says to do. And everything else is going to be taken care of. Just obey him. Even when it looks grim. Even when it looks like, man, this is impossible. That's the reason he, that's the reason he did it. That's the reason he put us into impossible places. So, and the reason it's important to understand that he said they are bread for us. Now I understand more about going into the battle hungry. Not going in full. Going in hungry. Hungry for what? Him. Going into the battle. That's the reason he said, I understand more about 23rd Psalm. He said, he, what does he do in front of your enemies? He prepares a table. Where? Right in front of the enemies. Before the enemies. Why? We, we overlook this a lot. Why, why are the enemies there? Because we're in a battle. Why is the enemy so close? Because we're in a battle. And I can see it. I wish I had a, 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 I wish I had a tablecloth. I should have brought one. But... but um, I can see the Lord now right in the middle of the next battle that you're in, right in the next battle that we're in, and walking with God. And he brings out the tablecloth and he goes. <laughs> he does that number and he starts, he starts preparing this table. Enemy's still there. Right in the presence of this thing. While we're in the battle and in the battle is where he gives us the provision that we need that's going to overtake the enemy. We overtake. I, I you know, I, what I, I can see it now. I mean, I'm in this heavy battle, for, you know, for feeling this stuff. This, this is hard and this is rough and this is, I don't know what's going to happen and all this. You hear that pop into that, the pop into that tablecloth and you see the table and all of a sudden he says, sit down. The enemy's still there. 
Him's still raging. He's, he, he, he's, wanting, he's wanting to do everything he possibly can. He holds him at bay until we're fed by him. <laughs> by his presence. The bread of his presence will take us through any battle, anything that the enemy wants to throw at us. The bread of his presence will sustain us in it and we'll be able to go through it for his glory. See, the thing is, you want to give God glory? Everybody wants to give God glory, right? We want to give God. One of the very things that we give God glory by is by stepping into the destiny that he has given us to do. Brings him glory. We just got to show up and step into it. Okay, it's three minutes after. We can stand up. Listen. This is, this, is, this is something that God's wanting all of us to do. He's wanting me to do it. Wanting us to be able to have, have the fullness of who he is in, in the place that he sends us to go. And it, it, it can be some of the smallest things. I want you to go over here and I want you to speak to this person and I want you to tell them what I tell you. I, I don't know that this is God or not. You, you understand what I'm saying? I, I, uh, I just told... A recently a story about me uh, giving a word to a pastor that his, his son was in Russian prison, Russian jail, been there about three and a half months, and I'd been praying with them and all that. And, and the, Lord gave me, the Lord gave me this thing about tell, tell, call the pastor and tell him that his, his son's going to be out in 10 days. Been there three and a half months in Russia. You tell him, you tell him that his son's going to be out in 10 days. And I said, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Really? I'm like, mm, no, I'll build a, nope, nope, that can't, nope, nope, can't, nope, I don't think so. And God said, I want you to go tell him. I, uh, Lord, I'll build up hope, and if this doesn't happen, he's going to be greatly disappointed. I never heard anything else from God, but that's what I told you to do. I didn't sleep for two days. Two days. I, didn't, I, I tossed, I turned, I rolled, I got up. I did everything. I took sleep. I took a NyQuil and didn't even have a cold. <laughs> Knocked me out. That didn't help a bit. The Lord was stronger than NyQuil. I'm just being honest with you. But I finally surrendered. I said, God, I'm going to tell him. Well, I talked to Brenda about it. Brenda said, tell him. I told her, I said, you call him and tell him. <laughs> Brenda, Brenda said, the Lord didn't give me the word. He gave it to you. I love it when she does that. I mean, really. But anyway, I'm going to shorten this up so we can go. But, but I did. I called him. And, uh, and I said, Pastor, uh, I've been warned with this word, but I do believe it's God speaking to me, and I'm going to tell you. And that your son, uh, he, I said, the son will be out in 10 days. And he said, when did the Lord tell you that? I said, two days ago. He said, so it's eight days. <laughs> and I got to thinking about that, and I said, I heard 10, but that was two days ago, so it's, got, so it's, it, it's eight days. So you know, you know what happened? I didn't, I didn't do another thing about it. I, I just said, okay, God, this is in your hands. Eight days later, he was out of prison. Now, 
that's how I ward with God. I mean, I'm not perfect. I really, I, I question, I, I doubt. I, I do a lot of those things, but, until, but when I know it's God, it's coming. You know, I, I don't want, I don't like going without sleep. Brenda don't like me going without sleep. You wouldn't like me going without sleep. But see, the thing is, somewhere along the line, we'll have to be more and more cautious, not cautious, but, but impacted, impacted by who he is and when he wants us to go do something. Yeah, we'll weigh it out, but when it's God, go do it. Amen. How many of you are ready to eat the bread of his presence in the midst of your next battle? Then know who you are. Know who you are. Read that word. Confirm who you are in him. Don't let anybody else tell you you're somebody different. He tells you who you are. He always has and he always will. You can do that with other people. They're going through struggles. Tell the people what God says about them. That'll bring hope. That'll bring hope. Are you ready to go eat some bread? Let's pray. Father, I do thank you. You are such a wonderful God. You are the one true God. And we are truly your children by our surrender and the repentance of our heart to you. And you've caused us to be, and you called us to be your very own. And Lord, like we're singing in the song, Father, I belong to you. So use us in all the things you want to use us in. And Lord, help us to see that your preparation for us and some provisions are in the midst of what we step in in the battle. Then you'll provide it. And we don't have to fear because you are with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. If you do not know Jesus Christ, Brother Doug is going to be right here and you want to surrender your life to him then now is your time. You're dismissed. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we hope today's worship and study of God's Word was encouraging to you. If we can help you in any way, please reach out to us by going to fathersvineyard.org. That's fathersvineyard.org. Thank you again, and we hope we can see and hear from you soon. Until next time.